It's been weeks. That's all I can think about. I can't... I can't believe I failed. How am I supposed to move on? I just... That... It can't be. How did this... I don't know who out there is responsible for this, but... Thank you! Alright, here goes. With one small step, we embark on a new adventure- Moons and fantasy? Duelist Like one moon arrives, a third moon appears in the sky. The moon duelist moon is a moon that the moon that is only sometimes there. And there are other moons in the sky. The crystal moon. The moon moons in fantasy. And there are other moons in the sky. The moon. 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 All my fantasy children, welcome to Moonshot. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Katanosayas. My name is Jeff Stormer. And we are joined today by some special guests for a very, very special episode. But first, let me talk about what we are, because I'm bubbling with excitement. I almost fucked up the intro. This is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop-inspired, world-building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where each episode, not week, good luck with that release schedule, (laughs) Jeff and I and friends create an original fantasy character, world detail, legend, myth, and we use that information to create an original fantasy universe we have lovingly titled Fantasy. And Jeff, can you tell us what's can you tell us what's special about today? <laughs> well, as our listeners have just heard moments ago, we are celebrating a very special announcement in the life of all my fantasy children. All my fantasy children is now a proud member of the Moonshot Podcast Network, and we are celebrating <gasps> that momentous move with not one, not two, but three of our good friends from the Moonshot Podcast Network <gasps> as we sit down for a live actual play. That is right. For once, this actually is an actual play podcast podcast like people keep saying about the show (laughs) for years we have been telling people i'm so sorry it is not an actual play i don't want to make one of those and now i sort of do but this is not one of them but today it is and listen i know you're confused but here come here come into my arms it's gonna be okay i've got you you're safe now in the moonshot podcast network so today we are playing Lamplighters Festival by Ira Prince Valls, and we have three special guests. I will run us down the line. Uh, go ahead and give your name, pronouns, uh, the shows that you do on the Moonshot Network, as well as anything else you want our listeners to know. Audrey, hello. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for asking. I'm Audrey. I use she, they pronouns. On Moonshot, I do Alone at the Table, which is an actual play, but it's just me doing solo games, which is a lot of fun. Um, Outside of Moonshot, I am found online at Lady Tabletop. Most of the time, just posting tabletop adjacent stuff. And I publish with my small press, Ho Punk Press. And Jacqueline. 
Uh, hi, hi, hi. I'm Jacqueline. Uh, she, her pronouns. On Moonshot, you can find me on the Unwise Girls podcast, where uh, you can also find me uh, on the uh, Dead Teen House Party podcast. It's Percy Jackson. It's horror movies. It's both of those things uh, individually. And you can also find me, if you want to, on Tumblr at Swampert. And Juliet. Hello, it's a great day to be alive. You can find me uh, four times a year on I'll Be Pod for Castmas, the show where we take <laughs> title Christmas so media. It's, it's a good title. 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 Yeah. Literature. <laughs> uh, you know, like um, <clears throat> like uh, the Princess Switch and Lady Oddly Secret uh, and slam them together and find some really interesting things out about it. And recently on the cool new podcast on the Moonshot Patreon called Office Hours, which is very exciting. You can find my other writing and things at Folly on Co-Host. I, 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 I believe it is known by at least our listeners, if not the world at large, that I am a, a Christmas enthusiast. So I, I really genuinely love I'll Be Pod for Christmas. Uh, it makes me very happy. It is a thing that. As it speaks to the specific weird things that I like, and it makes me very happy. I am so happy to be sitting down with my three wonderful good friends today. This is going to be great. I, I realize I said that. <laughs> I looked at the like, Discord channel and saw how many people were in it. I was like, hey, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I said that, then realized that Aaron was here. And was I'm like, still here. <laughs> you can't do my, we may have moved networks, but I'm still a part of the fucking show. <laughs> That's fair. One of us That's is an fair. imposter. That's oh, the no. thing. One of us is the... Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Are we playing that um, game? All right. Um, I have an important question, Jeff. In the spirit of all my fancy children, and I'm very excited to ask this for the first time on the Moonshot Podcast Network. Jeff, what's getting you excited this week? Um, this is perhaps a little bit of a self-serving answer. I better be. Um, That's what I want. But, but like, <laughs> um, legitimately, and I guess it is. It is perhaps even on the nose. You could say, but um. I just watched a bunch of people play an ARG that I wrote for like a couple, like a week. And um, let me tell you, I feel like I could lift a bus is how I feel, is how I feel about this. As you should. That that game, first of all, the ARG is unbelievably brilliant. Like it is truly an Easter egg hunt, like out of a movie. This will be legendary, at least in the world of all my fantasy children, if not the world at large, because I'm (laughs) I'm insanely impressed with what you've been what you were able to create with this game it was for something that literally spar uh like sparked because i was getting ready i was getting ready for like a vacation and went like i would love to just like knock a thing out to kind of hype up the moonshot move uh i feel really happy with where it ended <laughs> i think it turned out great having seen the puzzles and stuff that you wrote like while you were getting excited about them it was very cool to see come together I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's truly the thing that's gotten me excited this week is like getting to watch, getting to just like getting to watch people discover the clues that in my head I was like, is this too niche? Like, is this too narrow a thing? And watching the people immediately key in and go, oh, no, it's about episode numbers. So like it was the most satisfying thing. And I am on top of the world. And that is my answer for you, Aaron. Sick. Um, Hey, Jacqueline, what is getting you excited? This week. Every single day takes closer to free comic book day. <gasps> oh my God, it really does. It truly does. 
And I, I, I have to say, ever since I've become a comic book person, uh, I've, I've just been waiting for that delicious, delicious first Saturday in May. And it's, it's, it's upon us, gamers. What's your favorite thing about it? <laughs> I, 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 I love that it's like a little event where even if you, you go to the comic shop other times of the, of the, of the year, that you, you can always be like, hey, hey, friends, even if you don't read comic books, you want to come, come in for a free comic book shop day, make it a little fun event. I think that's just so nice and so special. Uh, I, I genuinely love, I mean, I love Free Comic Book Day. It is actually literally my my anniversary with my wife. We met on Free Comic Book Day, so it, like, is the most special to me. And so, like, I I just, I get real excited about it every single year. I love that. Well, like, honestly, so I'm not a comic book person, but I know a lot about, like, universes and things. And for me, Free Comic Book Day has always been an opportunity it's for me an opportunity to dabble in a world without risk or fear. You know what I mean? It lets you explore a medium that normally is can sometimes be a little intimidating because you don't know where to start. But the idea of like amassing a pile to just dive into and browse around for me, it's like trying out a ton of new podcasts and like seeing what kind of things you like and what you might not like and getting recommendations from friends and going down the rabbit hole of, oh, did you like this? Well, then you'll love this. And that to me, it's like, I don't know. It's introducing people to a cool, uh, a really cool like hobby and passion that a lot of people are scared of, in my opinion, because I am, because I don't know where to start. And it's a lovely way to just like kind of test the waters and get some free stuff and go on an adventure and a scavenger hunt. And I love it. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Juliet. Tell me what's getting you jazzed up this week. It can be anything like something you ate that's delicious, uh, a fancy bug or flower you saw, anything at all. I gotta say, I, I, stop me if you've heard this one before, but like, <laughs> the sun is shining a lot. Oh. Uh, it is spring. Spring has come. It was a balmy, like, 49 degrees last week. We had a uh, we had a brunch out on the lawn. I get to to go outside and feel the sun and the warmth on my face. Ugh. It's uh it is such a wonderful wonderful time. It hasn't gotten too hot yet. I uh, I am just really really excited for spring this year for some reason. It just it's so cool. The sun is back. Yeah, no, that is a very real thing. I said that the our last episode. I was like Jeff too. He was like it's warm. And it feels good. And like just being, feeling the sun again and being able to go outside without like tons of layers is legit as hell. And plants are arriving. I mean, pollen is, pollen sucks shit, but <laughs> with it comes like it flowers and little bees and, you know, it's yeah. a, what a time, what a season, huh? <laughs> and there are people outside and they all have their own lives. And it's like, I don't know. It's uh, nice. It rules. It rules. Mm -hmm. It really does rule. It's the only way I can describe it too. It's like, no, it, it fucking rules to be able to go outside and be kind of comfortable again and to see like life and nature. For me, it's like this time of inspiration and I get all excited because I think about plants and animals and, you know, birds. Birds are back, y'all. They're, they're chirping away. It's what a time, at least in the Northeast. We saw a robin and a cardinal like within 60 seconds of each other. See? It was... So cool. These are reasons enough to get jazzed up. And this is exactly <laughs> what this segment is for. It's like, I saw a bird, y'all. I saw a bird. That makes me very Both happy. Both of the types of birds I can recognize in, <laughs> within know? a minute of each other. You can cast our somewhere. <laughs>
Now, Audrey, do you want to close us out in terms of what's getting us, what's getting you excited this week? Not what's getting us. Well, what is getting you excited this week? That was a good transition, Aaron. Good yeah, job. It was a perfect transition. <laughs> I'm patting transition. myself on the back. <laughs> Completely flawless. Stuck the landing. Uh, well, okay. So I am very excited about spring also. Julia, it was a great point to bring that up. I love it. I, the, I hate the pollen. You can probably hear a little bit that the pollen's getting to me. But I got to ride a train today. And that doesn't happen very often where I live because everything's kind of spread out and the public transit is shit. Um, can, I can say shit on this show, oh right? My oh, my God. Fuck, yes. Fuck yeah. There's no limit to swear words on this podcast. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not that far into all my fantasy children, but I still probably should have already known that answer. It's okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I got to I got to ride a train today, which was really exciting. Um, I was visiting my sister, and um, I I just really like to to ride trains. I think that it's a form of transportation that can be underrated. I'm what what makes it so special for you? What is it about trains? Because this is something I'm deeply fucking passionate about. Okay, so I mean, there's multiple things. Um, like I said, the rarity of it for me, but also I just like turn on my playlist, which is literally named songs for looking out the window like you're in an Oscar winning drama. And then I just watch the landscape go by while I'm on the train and listen to this playlist. And it's like there I feel like I'm overwhelmed with uh, information and like stuff I need to do and just things that I'm thinking about all the time. But like when I'm on a train, I just shut it off. It's great. I agree with you. There is something like um, there's something special and reflective about a train. And like, I think I, for me, it's the rattle. It's like the, it's the, the, the slight shake and the rattle of the, the movement of the car. Is it's what, rhythmic. And, yeah. Like and, meditative almost. And you're going fast. And so it's different than riding in a car. We're like, you know, we're very used to that rate of looking out a window, but seeing the landscape change rather quickly is fucking cool. It's awesome. And especially on like a weekday like today, which obviously I don't know when this is getting released, but today is a weekday. Yeah. Um, today it is 8.36 p.m. on May 1st, 2023. Yeah, I'll tell you, listener. You want to know Easter about the time. Yeah, you want to know about the you want to know about the editing <laughs> process? It takes time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> time and effort. Yeah. But but you know, on a weekday, it's like not a super full train. And so it's like I can people watch a little more surreptitiously if I wanted to also. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. There is something magical about a train. There's something mystical. And I love that you have a playlist for public transportation, essentially. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's important to me because I do the same thing. Because like, I usually commute in New York on the subway. Well, I always do. But I listen to usually anime openings. Like I just listen to Japanese rock music and anime music. But if I'm on like a train, like an Amtrak or anti transit, I'll put on like rad wimps japanese music like yes. the rad wimps because mm -hmm. it, it's Ugh. it's better for that reflective feeling i have literally been listening to the your name soundtrack this oh, entire so day on discord this morning oh, so. <laughs> okay. so so good oh man I cry every time their new their new movie is out um, oh i saw it uh i saw it last week not last i think i saw it last weekend and uh i went home and sat quietly for a while which I think is the highest <laughs> praise that I can give. Oh, yes. That's perfect. I love it very much. What is getting me excited this week, because I'm just going to get through that, is this announcement has been in, you know, has been on my mind for a long time. And 
uh, getting to meet new creators and make cool stuff. And especially what we're doing today, like AMFC is very special to me because it's such a creative writer's room. It, it's that fun feeling of like sitting around a table at like in, at lunchtime in like high school or, or in the quad at college or even like at a coffee shop with friends and just spitballing ideas that you think are cool. It's big hotel lobby at 2 a.m. at a gaming convention energy. And that is what I'm very excited to bring to today with new people who who have new backgrounds and new lived experiences and new types of tropes that they love and franchises that they love that they can bring. I, I'm fucking jazzed up about this. And so I want to dive in because I'm excited about being on the Moonshot Network, meeting new people, working with new people, and making cool shit. Let's do it. Fuck yes. So, <laughs> we are, we are playing Lamplighters Festival. Um, this is a map-making uh, storytelling game. We are going to create a festival. I'm going to read the opening crawl of the game. The lamps have been there for as long as we can remember. The lamps have never been there and appear only for tonight. The lamps are strange and new. We're still getting used to them, making space for them in our lives. We know exactly what the lamps mean, and we've committed their history to heart. We have forgotten what the lamps mean, even if the gravity of it still hums and shimmers around them. We are deciding what the lamps mean, weaving their purpose in more tightly every year, every season, every eclipse. Tonight, we light the lamps and we tell our stories about them. So we are going to collectively here today fill out and answer a series of questions and bounce ideas around and sort of freely discuss a place a city and the festival of lights and lamps that they that this city like is home to what we have here in front of us is i rolled a bunch of dice onto a sheet of graph paper i then because we're recording digitally took a photo of that and posted it onto a miro board so we have here a spread of dice on paper the loose prompt that we are making as listeners as listeners and players of the arg know is that we are making a city on the moon and the festival that this city celebrates we have a series of dice this these this arrangement of dice is going to be significant we don't know in what way it can be a, it can be the layout of the city. It can be a country. It can be the world, a sea, a building, a room, a constellation, a path, a road. We decide what we want this to be. And we sort of decide what patterns emerge from it. I have an immediate thought, but I want to hear if anybody else does first. Okay. I have a starting question then. Yeah, please. Do we know which moon this is? It could be a new moon altogether. It could be an existing moon. It could be an entirely third thing. Do you have a favorite moon, Juliet? Uh, so I was <laughs> trying to dig through uh, some of the AMFC backlog. Uh, and I was thinking, okay, so we have the sentient moon, right? Uh, we do. We do have a sentient moon, but we could make something completely original that's just ours it just belongs to the five mm -hmm. of us depends on what you want to do but it also could be a second sentient moon that's like the there's thing. nothing I'm stopping like, it yes. that's what i was gonna suggest <laughs> uh, does the sentient uh, moon have a sister no oh, it does now it does it. Oh, shit. Our, our kind of rule is like if you say it, that shit's canon so it does now so the sentient that's moon, too much power for it, me well <laughs> you know with great power comes great fun that's that was in Spider-Man. <laughs> so I do have a thing that I want to I want to throw out both as a gameplay like guiding point and also like what what this says to me with this context in mind. Mm -hmm. We have all our dice. And if we look at the upper upper left corner, we have our D20. 
And the D20 is particularly significant in the Lamplighters Festival in the game because that is the first question that we're going to answer, the first thing that we're going to fill out, and it is a location that is central to the festival. And notably, um, the way that the dice fell, the D20 is like very removed from the other dice on the table. So I'm actually going to go ahead. I want to propose and I'm just going to draw a line here to kind of represent it. I want to propose that this is like on the top of a cliff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is if mm-hmm. this is a thing that is like central to the festival, this lantern is itself just like uh, whatever that whatever this object is, is like the towering thing that we all could that anyone in the festival can look up at and see from wherever you are elsewhere in in the city that is on this moon. I love it. So one thing I really like about that idea is it allows something to be central in like any of the images that we would have during this mm-hmm. festival. Anytime we're we're like seeing somebody, this thing is in the background. So it's this like central iconic thing while not being actually in the center of the map. I so like that. Like, I really like that. That's mm-hmm. something I really like too. And we're talking about it being like a lamplighters festival. So Jeff, I know it was like a slip of the tongue when you called it a lamp, but I do like the idea that this thing, this landmark or object or whatever gives off light. Like maybe it is a festival where it is permanently light because of the lanterns and because of whatever this object is. I'm thinking, yeah, I really like that. I think that that's great because like what the vibe that that gives me, the visual that that gives me and the thing that like um, I'm going to, you know, pull on as we play is obviously like, uh, you know, I, 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 as uh, listeners may may have picked up on this over the many episodes of AMFC, if I, uh, I I live in the city of Philadelphia, and so the idea of like a city skyline that is kind of always there that is a very kind of beautiful idea to me. That's sort of like it's uh, very much what you were saying, Juliet. Like it's that sense of like there's a thing. It's just there. If you look out, you see it, and like that sense of like. There's a there's a, a a comfort and a purpose and at times it can even be like a threat or an ominous presence but like that thing is just always there and like the thing that like the other no thing that I'm noting is we have this cluster of four dice we have our d10 our d12 our d8 and our d4 and then we have this marked blank section and then the d100 and d6 are like in a line at the very bottom of the page so I want to ask the three of you do you have thoughts about what constant what might constitute this blank space is there something that speaks to us about this divider between these two dice and these other four well i think that it's if we're on a moon i think that you have to account for the just vast vast emptiness of the land right uh people people can be far people can be close but everyone everyone's a part of the festival still right there's a va- it could be a canyon of some kind, like something that is a physical divide um, in addition to being just like space. Yeah, I really like that. I like I like both of those things. And I think that 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 middle ground and, and uh, again, like the the moon visual that I get is like if it's if it's even if it's more than, you know, not just one canyon, but and I'm just going to throw some circles onto our onto our board here. If it's literally like just a particularly, you know, heavy, I'm thinking specifically of like the, the, the dark spots on the moon itself where there's just a mat, like it's not one crater, but it's dozens upon dozens of craters all in close proximity. And like, 
to get like that's the thing that kind of is is in between um the like in between these sections is this mass like craterous almost like a sea of craters for lack of a better way to describe it oh i do love that yes can i don't know how this would work uh, yes. i'm not a geologist but speaking of a sea of craters is it possible that like the craters or their like distance to one another are not like set that oh, they like I... shift and move that either like tectonic plates or weird gravitational stuff or magic uh i love the idea of the moving by magic i okay to get geology nerd for a second tectonic plates would imply that there's like lava on this moon which there could be sure certainly mm -hmm. but i do love the idea of them just moving by magic <gasps> okay i have an idea i have an idea uh, so a crater is like a, a foomph, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a, like a bowl of emptiness around which thingness surrounds. What if you have these like anti-existence magic orb sort of things that create like a sphere of not-ness and that oh, creates and that would like an empty like bowl sort of crater shape and there's a bunch of them and they kind of like occasionally flow they kind of like get knocked about and move about and what would be really cool if it's like a if it's what i'm gonna even go a step further and 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 make the or i'm gonna write this on the sheet and propose this what if it is literally uh to throw a little sci-fi into our into our magical fantasy what if it is an antimatter river like it is a it is a river it is a straight up river of like a river of 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 to, like as you put it like a river of nothing a river of non of of anti of like a river of anti-reality or unmaking yeah or of unmaking. unmaking is a great word for it it's a river of unmaking that kind of like flows along this area and that is why a there are all these craters and b why like there is that space between between the sections of our our dice clusters is because you fizz is because it is like a river. It, it it will it will carry you away, but it will carry you away and unmake you at the same time. Like it is not just a distance thing. It is a it is a there is a physical magical hazard that exists in this place that like flows along, and as a result, there are these craters where the antimatter, the unmaking, uh, the river of unmaking is a, is such a sick phrase that I am mm -hmm. I am writing this here. I love this as like an emptiness that. It's like, oh, why haven't they? It's like, well, because you can't fill it. It's not just a canyon. Like, it's an emptiness you can't fill. You can't build a bridge across it. You can't, like, navigating it is hard and perilous. And I like that this kind of lends this idea to the festival itself, where I think Jacqueline was talking about, you know, these people being a part of the festival, even though they're apart. Like, mm -hmm. it is kind of a reassurance and a reminder to the other people on this moon like hey we're still here we're still out there i love there. that i really love that and that that lends all that extra credence to the to the lamp in the distance right it is that mm -hmm. you know we are separated we are separated by this very literal force of unmaking that will render us into nothing but we all have this we all have this light on the horizon that we can look to that so, is a very beautiful thing so jeff and listener i have stepped away to receive a package I would love a recap as to, as we often do on the show as well, can you give me a recap of everything that's to catch me up? Because I'm looking at this Miro, and I heard the last about two minutes, 
And what we have is absurdly good. Can yes. you give me a quick wrap up of Absolutely. what we got so far? And that will allow us to segue into the next part of the game. So we have we have here like a city on a city on a living moon, the sister to our other living moon on all my fantasy children. So this is the sister of the duelist moon, the sister of the duelist moon. Good God. On this moon, there is um, a, 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 a lamp, a lantern, a glowing luminous object on the horizon, on the top of a hill, a mountain, a mesa, a something that like is visible from any point in this city. It is simply like the glowing, the glowing structure on the horizon. So kind of wherever you find yourself in the city, there it is. There is this glowing presence. There is also Marked uh, between sort of two sections of the city, there is the River of Unmaking, which is this vast, flowing river of antimatter, of destructive magic, of raw uncreation that un that like renders anything that gets swept up in it into nothing. Thus, like there's there is no city that can exist here because the a these craters spontaneously erupt as this magical force flies around it and b if you try to if you try to to live in if you try to live here and you get swept up in the waters of the river of unmaking you are unmade and so we have these two structures this cluster of four structures at towards the top and these two structures at the bottom there may be more structures that we don't see but for our purposes this are what we're going to explore and this is sort of the general structure of the city that we are uh, building here. So the city itself is divided by the river unma- of unmaking. It it is, but there is like a common bond. Um, I, the the lantern, in whatever form we kind of decide that to be, is sort of a common unifying and comforting aspect of wherever you are. We still have the lantern on the horizon. Super cool. Thank you for that. I have I have some thoughts. Um, and so, yeah, give your give your thoughts and then oh. I will and then we will we will go to the next phase. So all of this is so good, by the way. My my first thought that before we transition to the next section of the game is what I find really compelling about the river of unmaking is this thing that you cannot cross. You, you can't or else you'll be unmade. So I love to think about in nature when, say, the Grand Canyon, right? If the Grand Canyon expanded like across the world there would be this cool evolutionary effect where animals that were separated by the Grand Canyon would evolve in two different paths, potentially, based on what's on each side. Like, say, the Mm -hmm. same squirrel got split by the Grand Canyon. So this would create two different, like, almost regions separated by an uncrossable river. And I'm wondering if the beacon is what links them, these groups of denizens or life forms or whatever, on each side of the river... Does the beacon link them possibly telepathically, emotionally? Is it something that literally unifies them all in some kind of comforting way? Because you can never actually cross this river of unmaking. Yeah, I kind of just wanted to throw it out there because I hear all the stuff. <coughs> and I'm like, oh, I could never hang out with anybody on the other side. But I do see in the top corner this beacon that I'm like, that has to be something that is overseeing or helping or I have an idea about that, but I don't want to stop us if we're moving on to the next no, no, part. Please. No, if no, 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 no. the idea. This is where okay. the magic happens. What if it is literally a mirror? 
Okay. Light is reflecting off of it from distant stars, from close stars, whatever, uh, you know, sun might be in this solar system, etc. But it is also magic. So what you're talking about, Aaron, with um, it connecting people like emotionally, like it's a reflection of, of, you know, whatever, it's a reflection in like a repository of emotional turmoil emotional connection everything that people have been like feeling maybe this festival is like a time that you turn to the mirror and you you kind of offer that up and other people are able to like wade through that in like a form of magical empathy or something what you're did we lose Aaron? yeah Aaron just went he just cut out i I got so excited i punched my mic and it muted it (laughs) Um, oh, because I literally, I fucking flailed. Um, be, be, I'm, I'm leaving that in. Holy shit. So what you're describing, though, is this cool way of, uh, I forgot who said it. It, it might have been Arthur Miller. I don't Audrey. fucking know. But it's that uh, good theater holds up a mirror to society, our good, our bad, and it, and it shows the audience the best and worst of humanity because it's important for us to see, to create an empathy effect, like to show and empathy. That's also in Hamlet. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Well, fuck. Um, but that that's essentially like what we're talking about. It's like, are you talking about like providing a shared experience by yes. showing the lived experiences of everyone on in no matter where they are based on the river of unmaking? Yes. I, that fucking bangs. I I want to bring us uh, as we go to the next section, the th- like I've, I'm, I'm going to save it because we've got more questions. But like this no, is very interesting that and f- we're going to keep rambling. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we're getting to the the other thing that we do in the game, and that is, uh, we are going to um, we started to we started to get an idea of what uh, what the city is, what what the life is like here, what the what the culture of this city is. Now we're going to kind of like zoom in. Each of our dice represents like a an important thing, and we are going to start to outline what that is a little bit. We are going to begin with our d twenty, and then we are going to move through our other our other dice um so we start with our d20 and how this works we've rolled as i drop these dice onto this giant sheet of graph paper each one of them has a like rolled onto a number so our d20 is a 17 our d4 is a 2 our d6 is a 3 our d8 is an 8 a d12 is a 7 d10 is a 1 d and our d100 is a 50 just so the listener has all of the numbers, we will revisit them as we go one by one. And we'll post but, this image at the end to help yeah, we can along post this. We'll post with this. the journey. We'll post this in the show notes, absolutely. Um, so, like, all of our numbers, all of our dice have a number. And what we are going to do is go one by one and talk through what that, what a, we were going to be given a prompt. And we're going to talk through what, how that prompt relates to the festival, the city, the world that we're building. And all of that stuff, it's just going to be an added piece of inspiration for us to talk through. So, um, each spot is something that will be lit up as a lamp location for the ceremony. So we're going to talk through why that is, why it's a, it's a significant location, what the sort of, uh, what the, what it means to light a lamp here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we begin with our D20. This is central to the festival. As we've described, this is a giant mirror that, the entire uh, moon looks to and sees uh, from wherever you are. The prompt here, the lamp, the lantern prompt here, and what, what, uh, what does this mean and what does it symbolize to the festival? What is the anachronism? And this raises a lot of interesting questions, I guess the first of which is like, when are we? 
I think that we are in I I think this is roughly analogous to like modern the modern world of fantasy which is sort of a We're vaguely like, defined fantasy. Yeah. Where like 90% of the show takes place and is like optimistic and good. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. So I mean, there, there's there, there's the direction of backwards anachronism. There's the direction of forwards anachronism. Uh, I, I the thing that speaks the thing that like I like I jump to going off of what we've established about this thing. I kind of dig. I kind of dig backwards anachronistic, and I kind of dig a a, a little bit of a little bit two thousand one a space odyssey obelisk but like a giant sheet of a giant perfectly square sheet of glass that is just it's not a crafted object it's not something that was built it simply is a mass of reflective glass that juts out of the top of a mountain like it is a, it is as much a spire as a as a glass shard as anything else does that how does that feel I'm okay with that visual. It gives me the idea of almost like a volcano bursting, but flash frozen in an instant, like a glass blower. But it makes oh, it a that's gorgeous. Like a, in that, like if you imagine a volcano's plume of smoke and fire and lava, if that was perfectly reflective, because if we're looking at this image and if it reflects all of these people based on their proximity, it wouldn't be perfectly flat. It would it would be an oddly shaped thing where no matter where you look at it on this moon, it shines back your reflection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I like that. I have an idea for an extra um, off chronism. Uh, please, uh, please. Uh, sort of idea. Um, so light travels at a relatively slow speed compared to like the potential of the universe, right? Um, uh, Light speed is very fast. Nothing can go faster. But when we see something, we're always seeing it in the past. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, especially if you're bouncing light off of something and then getting the light back, like, the light has to take all the time to travel there and back and everything. Is either part of this being, you know, also called an anachronism because, like, oh, it's showing the past because it's a oh, mirror? Oh, that's or beautiful. does this show things... Does this somehow magically reflect things so it's like it's not anachronistic in the sense of past chronism, it's anachronistic in the sense of not correct time, uh, outside of time, anachron sort of mm, idea. Mm-hmm. And this is showing you like immediately, like current, present, no, I, no delay sort of I, idea. I, like a zoom I call. love that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so you described Zoom. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You what, did not. What, what pops into my head as I think about that, because it ties into this ties both into the story that we weaved in the ARG, which had a big thing of like, um, like seeing things out of time, seeing memories, seeing flashes of other moments. And also this very this sense of um, the a sense from the ARG story that like letter writing and communications were important if if a trick of the anachronism, if the trick of this ancient elemental, you know, volcanic glass mirror, if a trick of it is that you can look at it and if you focus your eyes, you can see other things. And maybe it is, maybe it is, to Aaron's qu- uh, comment about telepathy, maybe it is that if two people look at it at the same time at just the right angle, like you can see 
to a perfect clear like maybe it is a form of telecommunications i know you were making a joke aaron but that sense of like if two people look at the mirror at the same time like you can see each other and like you can see perfectly into another place on uh in the city even across the river of unmaking and that makes you know letter writing a possibility if it is like i am showing a letter and i'm ho- and like i look to the mirror and you look to the mirror to receive the letter it creates this sort of culture of like regularly scheduled like regular like almost instant messaging and almost like instant letter writing to each other that i think is very compelling to me because what you're describing oh sorry go ahead please I, I I think that's so beautiful because like in this place that is eternally separated by just the the biggest thing that could separate it, they are also can be more connected than anyone else in the universe. Like this, there's a yeah. mm-hmm. there's a magic to that, really. There's it's a it's a, it's a beauty to that. Yeah, it's it's just what you described, Jeff, really well is just the kind of formation of a like you know we we describe it as like instant messaging or Zoom, but luckily with the power of technology, what we're doing is creating an instant link to one another mm-hmm. through through a video and through like you know optics and audio but if this is something a little deeper where it's like you know in your mind or possibly all senses you're connected to a person it's a lovely thing should you want it to be to have this like depth if you want it you know what i'm saying like 100%. It, it, it's like because right now it, it's because if you're separated by this level of unmaking you know, is it based on because we we oftentimes when we're talking about like fantasy concepts are comparing it to real world counterparts, but perhaps is it the culture of linking yourself to someone at such a deep level that it's almost like a unification sort it's, of because you can never you can never like see these people outside of the mirror. I you know think what I'm saying? that that is that's kind of what I've been lingering on. Right? Is like that it's not just sending a letter. It's this time period, you know, we presume only happens like once a year. And it is a person that you are able to like, somewhat literally bear your soul to during that time, that that it does create like a moment outside of time. I, that's beautiful. I that's dig sick. it especially because it's a festival. So it's not something like I'm sure it's something you could do if you wanted like every fucking weekend. You know what I mean? Like set up this link. But if it's if what we're talking about is a festival where you maybe it's like a getting to know you type situation like getting it's, to know a neighbor or a closer for a friend closer if should you want because it's it's in amfc spirit it's case by case basis however sure. it's if we're describing a festival this could be what we're describing this very intimate like connection between you and another person at a deep 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 level could just be part of the festival you know what i'm saying okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about and like that it kind of gives a, a creed and that that naturally segues us to like talking about the other places where lanterns are lit because what we're kind of talking about is like what what that festival says to me is like a sense of like the festival part of it is kind of a an announcement it's like a unifying announcement of who we are, right? Like it is a we are here. I am a person. This is this is who I am and I am lighting a beacon into the sky that speaks to who I am. And if someone sees it and we form that connection, then we have this unique magical ability to create these moments of personal one-to-one connection that is kind of a beautiful thing. Can I make one pitch? No. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so in this, my, my first thought for, we're talking about lanterns and the Lamplighter Festival. Like the, these words are just very much in my head. What I'm seeing for how kind of like the connection is made or initiated or something is, is um, I don't, uh, you know, the, the practice of like p- paper lanterns and letting them off into the yeah, sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh-huh. see it very much as almost that, where you make kind of like an offering <laughs> of yourself, or you write part of yourself on a piece of paper, or something. You put a wish into a lantern. I don't know. It's space stuff. We can make it whatever we yeah, want. Yeah. But the idea of floating something up, and it's like the image of it is caught in the... I just want that. I just thought of that as part of like the ritual, perhaps, or in, because in I didn't the want flames, to... in the flames, you get glimpses of the lives of those that lit the lanterns. They float into the sky. You see these, and that's how you you. That is a way to meet the people on the other side of the river. Yeah, because I didn't want it to be something where it's like I didn't want to participate. Oh no, I'm being forced to connect with someone across the river. But if there was a cool thing to initiate it, I n- immediately thought of lamp lighting festival of people letting these little paper lanterns up and floating into the heavens or we could create our own spin on that that is cool yeah i think that's cool so So, one kind of idea to spin on that i because i'm just thinking about like you know you go way 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 back to where this could have started um and you have you know two people who love each other who are separated suddenly by you know, this river, you know, you've got this, we talk about the squirrels being separated early, you've got these people, and it's like, okay, how do we know when to, like, both look at the big crystal mirror thing? How do we know when to queue up? Like, and it's like, okay, we're both going to, like, set, throw, either turn on our lanterns so they show up, or, like, we light them and have them go up into the sky. Because even though the lanterns can't cross, you could see, like, the flicker of their light. And especially mm-hmm. if you light enough of them, then it's, like it's really flare. easy to see. Yeah. And like that that's part of the like lamp lighting to say, hey, we're all in the same like time. And so yeah. we all know to to join together to look. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that a lot. Does anybody else have any other like <laughs> things they want to add on to that? I'm like, can we just pause for a second and acknowledge how much of a banger that is? Anybody have any like additional thoughts on that one? Anything like any extra spices or seasonings? If not, it's fine too. I kind of love it as it is. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> All right. In that case, um, to what in that case, what we'll do now is we will go into describing prompts tied to our other dice. Um, what I think, what I think I would like to do is, um, I will read off each of the prompts to kind of give us a question, and then if each of us kind of wants to point at a prompt that we're interested in, we can go one at a time to kind of say. I have a thought about this one and then we'll kind of work our way around and then we can all throw in additional ideas, but that kind of gives everybody an initial ownership of one thing so that everybody kind of gets a, 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 a moment in the hot seat. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah, totally. Sounds good. It's a great idea. All right. Each dice has a question associated with it and the number that that dice rolled gives us sort of an indicating prompt. So I will read them off one by one. Our D4. The lamps at this location are lit differently each time. Why and how does this shape festival events? D6. There are things about this location that are considered, it's a three, wild. What things are they and how did this reputation arise? The D8. This repu- the lamps location in the festival is, eight, still mysterious. Why and how is this different than other locations? 
The D10, this location symbolizes, what's our 10-1? Birth. How did it come to symbolize this, and why is that important to the festival? Our D100, this area, this lamp location is important to the powerful. Why and what are the results of this on the festival? Our D12, this lamp location is barren, shunned by flora and fauna. In what ways and what effect has this had on the festival? And that's all of them. That's all six of them. I lost track for a second. I was like, I was like, there's one more. And then I realized it's the 20, which we've already talked about. And I was fucking <laughs> captivated. So those are the six big prompts. And so like, um, does anyone have one that they would like to talk about first? I do. Um, if that's okay. Please take the it. The D100 was the powerful one. Can you read the D100 yes. one again? In this area, the lamp location is important to the powerful. Why? And what are the results of this on the festival? So this is a big ass, this is a big ass pitch that I'm going with because I've realized I've become that meme of me that was made years ago. Is this a god? Um, and, and Aaron makes everything into a god. And so when I hear the word the powerful, I think of the famous Jeff Stormer phrase in fantasy, gods were real once. And this location, this specific spot was once pow- once once important to the powerful. I think like eons ago, before these communities started, there might have been beings on this planet that used the mirror for other purposes. And this location is somewhat not affected by it, but there's some kind of lingering. I don't know. I don't know what I'm fucking going with. I- I think I, 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 I gotta, I gotta build on that, that I think is kind of cool. Please. Cause I said it. Cause I, I heard you say the powerful once like you cared, like it was once important to them. And I'm looking of how close it is to the mirror in proximity. It is very close to the mirror. Part of me thinks this is my big pitch and I want to know what yours is after. And we'll combine the two. Part of me thinks, cause I love talking about how rich and powerful people are assholes and oftentimes cause bad shit to happen. Well, most of the time. And uh, what my thought is, in the one point, the D100 area had godlike beings, powerful people, maybe just people in power in a community, and they did something trying to manifest power, draw power from the mirror, use it incorrectly, you know, fuck with the festival to use it for their own gain or ruin the tradition, and it caused the river of unmaking and the vast emptiness to kind of grow or be affected in some way that destabilized what was good and fun prior to that. I have an idea too, Jeff, but I want to hear yours first. My thought was um, the other, it's, it, it's not necessarily tied to the river, but it's tied to another thing that is very central to like what we're describing here. If there is a source of magical, immensely powerful fire, a furnace, a, a oh, an ever burning bonfire, a pit. There is something because what we're describing, like fire, takes a very big role in this idea of like lighting beacons, lighting lanterns, sending them floating into the sky. Like, There's a fucking if, volcano there, you know, a volcano or a, a a furnace, a volcano, a something that like there was. Uh, there was. I love that idea that this was once wielded by like this was once wielded by someone that pushed too far and yep. and pushed themselves too far and wielded it uh, callously and cruelly and they were burned and what what is what remains is the embers of that and through the embers of that fire 
are pulled the lights of the lanterns. And oh, that is baby. where this sort of magical, that is where this magical thing comes from. It was, you know, it is a, a glimpse of something that could be used agonizingly, but we have the, like, but now is used simply as, like, we use the sparks of this thing that if it erupted into a bonfire could be destructive. Yeah, it's it's taking something selfish that was used selfishly and tr- the tradition would come from that action to say, and we'll never do that again. We're only going to use this flame, this flicker, these embers to further connect us and build a community rather than, you know, selfish, nefarious or other, any other, anything other than uniting us amidst the river of void that separates us. You know what I mean? Like, we'll never go back yes. to that yeah. shitty time. I think that it's um it's a cautionary tale, right? Like yes. it's the kind of thing that would be be like a bedtime story. So here's what my thought was when you said the the fire being used for like selfish purposes. I think that that maybe in combination with the river of unmaking, someone thought that they could conquer it. Yes. With oh, the fire. Like wreathe yourself in flame, try to conquer the river, etc. That kind of thing. So they're badly burned, like you said, Jeff. And it just becomes this thing where it's a monument to someone's pride, right? Or arrogance. And so so now it's just embers. It's just the smallest of flames because we don't need something bigger than that. Right? Like we don't have like the that. hubris to try to use it that way again. That's really good. That is really good. <laughs> I have to say, I I live for like a someone pushed too far, very Icarus mode. Yes. Yeah. All right. So who wants to who wants to take a, a die result next? I have a thought about the D twelve. Okay. All right. Let me read the D twelve prompt. Uh, this lamp location, and that is what is that a seven? Did I make that up? That is a seven. <laughs> this lamp location is elevated above the is no sorry baron i said baron shunned by florin fauna which is a six not a seven but that's the one that i said earlier and that's the one that we're going with it's okay i'm kind of i'm kind of mushing both of the ideas together the elevated above everything else so i think that this one is baron because um you know maybe maybe concurrently because i think that we have kind of a theme of like parallel lives parallel but different lives going on here um but maybe maybe in the ancient past similar to the time when when fire was happening down by the embers they tried to build a spire here that would be on level with the monument the mirror um and this place is barren you know, not to go like a hundred percent Tower of Babel, but essentially it it collapsed, right? It collapsed, and it was a huge loss of life. And the area is just barren. Nobody's tried to reconstruct here. The what wildlife is here is like among these unnatural ruins. That that's kind of where my head is at. I like that. I really like that a lot. I think that is that is that is compelling to me. That's and there's a there's a sense of. There's a sense of of like what that tells me about the, the community that we're that we're building these these two parallel communities is there is a sense of perseverance, uh, like perseverance in the face of in the face of hubris, like of hubristic tragedy. There is a sense of like we live we live with these monuments of what went wrong in the past when people pushed too far. And we we leave them up because we have to we have to know that it is that they should be left there 
Yeah, they they grow, they learn, they they build, yeah. they they quite literally build on the ashes of all, but literally uh, the ashes. I think that's beautiful. I think there's beauty to that. Generation past of like these are the mistakes we've made. We're not going to make them again. Instead, we're going to use these kind of uh, these tools that were used for shitty reasons to bring us together and make us stronger. I think it's cool. Can I ask a question about that? Please. Uh, Which which is, what's the mood about that in like the present day? That's a great What are people's vibes or feelings? Like, it's like, oh yeah, we know that's true, but. I mean, I think that, I, I don't think that, you know, there's homogenous feelings necessarily across everybody, of course, but I do think that what we've been talking about with this festival and the way that the mirror lets people kind of commune with each other is that probably there's i i think that maybe there's generally an attitude of we don't need that like that we've found other ways i like that i I, yeah that feels really good i really like that and i think uh i think um i think the uh, uh, one of the consensuses about this is of course like Wait, let me read. I got to think about this. This is hard. This is, that's a really good question. That that's I'm a like, great question. Fuck. <laughs> I, I have a thought about the Spire specifically. Like, I think that, like, the Spire specifically, yet to, to, to Audrey's point about, like, we don't need this. We have something better. It is almost this thing of, like, the Spire is, is the Spire, the ruins of the Spire kind of reaffirm the power of the mirror. If that makes sense, it's kind of a sense of, like, this is why this is why the mirror as an object has a power to our community because it was something that you know no amount of no amount of of effort of manual effort could replicate this thing so it's not so rather than try to replicate it we have to learn to like it it affirms a sense of we have to learn to live with the 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 things live with the realities of our nature, both those that are positive, such as the mirror and those that have a, a negative cost with them, such as the river. So, like, can I ask you a question, Jeff? I, I want to piggyback off this really bad. Remind me really quick what the spire does. Audrey, give us a, give us a, a recap of the spire. Yeah, please. Uh, the ruins or the, or the like mirror spire, the, the, uh, uh, the, the ruins, uh, but that's on the opposite side of where, the D100. Like, right. Yes. Okay. Um, so the ruins of the spire, the idea for me was that ancient people tried to build this tower, right, that would be yes. on the level with the mirror that would get them that much closer to it. Because I think, and this is kind of half-baked, so everybody can no. tell me how they feel about it. The whole, but, whole show uh, is about half-baked ideas. <laughs> perfect. I, I think the way that we've been talking about the mirror is that people don't get up close to it. You don't scale that cliff. You don't get up there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the spire would have been an attempt to get high enough to reach it, to get to be able to, you know, like take your glider, or take your whatever, and and get over to that cliff. But instead, it collapsed, and there was like this loss of life and this tragedy, and so it was abandoned as a project. I that is one fucking sick. And two, my thought on how this all kind of ties in with the D100 is the general sentiment in the present is 
back then this this person this you know deity whatever that abused the fire and tried to cross the river or conquer you said conquer the river uh failed fucked up this tower was erected on the other side to try to possibly look into the mirror to touch it to reach it i feel like the sentiment now is how we build on the present and learn from these mistakes is the type of stone that was erected on one side to build the tower mixed with the flame on the D100 side is the key <laughs> is the is is the key to making the lanterns that link both sides together so you they need one and they need the other why what's wrong so like it's like okay so we have the hubris of you know one individual and then we have the hubris like one one god i godlike individual and we have the hubris of a bunch of people together yep it's like mm, you know what we need we need to add those hubrises to together we need the chocolate and the peanut butter is completely to make reese's cups and it will unite us reese's cups will unite us all there is there is a there is a beauty in that like there and that is a still beauty get shot down. <laughs> no 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 there's like like building off of that that comment there is a beauty in the sense that like yes this divine singular entity showed a sense of hubris and and fell short and was consumed. There's also a, like but there's also a lesson in yeah we as people as in like as a community of people also got really big for our britches and tried a thing and and we saw like and a calamity happened there's a kind of beauty in that like that mean it shows that like no one person can can wheel like can achieve that power but also or can 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 show that kind of hubris but also no in no collective community can also show a kind of hubris that is greater than the world that they inhabit so to the question of like how the perspective is it, it is kind of a we know that we can't conquer this. No one person can wield all of the power of the world. No one person can wield the power of the moon, but neither can, but no amount of people can truly control that power. So we have to use it. it. It creates a sense of almost hesitancy, I guess is the word I would go for. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think Caution, so. Maybe caution is a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's a classic dialectic, and I I, I think that like <laughs> I, I like that there's still something that's been produced uh, after like you know these hubrises, these great failures, but they didn't like they weren't calamities like nowadays. Like they they ended up producing something that is useful for people. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a there's there's a beauty thing. So, um, Jacqueline or Juliet, is there a die that you want to elaborate upon? I have my eyes on the D6, maybe? There are things about this location that are considered wild. What are they, and how did this reputation arise? So I have this idea, which is a really, really, really big population. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, way more than you would expect for given, you know, how these dice are all set up. Um, And... I've been trying to like think through this idea of like wildness and it's not, you know, the, the other things that this could have been were lucky, unlucky, tame, dark, or illuminating. So it can't be dark per se, you know, in particular. Um, it's not that these people for the most part don't, you know, like one out of 10 people actually lights the lantern or something like that. But part of me is like, is it because, you know, I'm imagining these other four dice having 
populations around mm-hmm. them. You know, there's a lot of stuff on kind of the north half on the north side of the river, and that a lot of the people on the south side have kind of congregated together because they only get communication with other <laughs> maybe I, other other cultures once a year. I kind of I love that and like the the fact that like just by the the nature of the circles that I made the one is considerably larger than the rest and also mm-hmm. like what that tells me if like if there's this huge congregation of population the lights that you would see the lanterns you would see coming off of that population center would be it would be a fi- it would be it would be a silent fireworks display it would be like a bee it would be a rainbow beam blasting into the sky and like the the that word wild what i get from that is that like it is a it is a citywide block like it like i think about the the block parties that i have seen the festival like the festivals that i have seen in the big cities and like the 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 arts events and the very real celebrations where streets are closed off and it is a raucous affair and it creates this sort of beautiful also beautiful sense that like that theme of connection well yeah i'm gonna connect with the six other people that live in my apartment complex right, like right. i will I w- send my I lantern build on that particular i love all of the idea that you just put down i love the idea of you get this kind of like firework sort of display from you have your lantern connect to people that you love uh, that, that you are connected to here with the idea of like, okay, you know, not 365 days in the year, but you know, like the yeah. other days of the year that aren't this festival day, uh, you're like making connections and then you're kind of like showing off these connections in a way. And they're like wild. You have these weird chains where you'll have 17 in a row here in like groups of twos and fours and threes and ones and they connect around and this connects here and this connects here and so you get this like oh i love that it's like a tangled web of lanterns or like making snakes or or uh i I think it looks like vines or like something something like an organic being almost uh uh, that you get this weird fractal pattern instead of individual lanterns you could also say that like the fire necessarily moves from the lanterns like Mm -hmm. down these connecting threads too so you're getting not just like a chain like a dot a bunch of dots of lanterns you're getting like an actual fully illuminated like web like you said it 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 creates a different way of telling the story of of the of the people there right like it's no longer this is my lantern this is our lantern and the way that the fire dances is different and the way that it the the the, the things connect because their life like their way of living is different and it also is a way of conveying it it reminds me a lot of like it's that kind of <laughs> The only analogy I have for it is it is the fantasy equivalent of a get ready with me meme where it is like, yeah, this is my life. This is my story. This is my fire. But this is also the fire of what it means to live in this place. Like, this is my very normal story. And this is what it looks like on this side of the river. And that's kind of a beautiful thing in its own right. And I, I love Imagine this a lot. falling oh. in love with someone. And- oh, Imagine falling in love with someone or like you you're you're starting off in a relationship, right? And it's like you know, it's like starting to date someone a week before Valentine's Day. You know, you're like a month before the festival <laughs> and you get up to the festival and it's like, hey, I know it's too soon, but I'd really like to connect my lantern to yours 
as well oh. as to like the other people we love. Like, Aww. I really, I think, like, let's make the chain. Let's let's let you know all of the other people who don't live in our our city, all the people who live on the other side of the river, from all the different places and everything. Let's let them see, like, that's beautiful. Our audacity, <laughs> our excitement, our joy, our love. I love that. I really like that a lot. What I especially like about just this conversation in general is our general rule on AMFC is there are no monocultures. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this has this unifying theme of this moon of the embers and lanterns and the festival and using this fire to unite us. But how these people do it vary based on their lived experiences, their geological location. And it just makes me very happy. And I wanted to say that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that I'm like, wow, this is really shaping up to be this well thought out because I really like how I'm looking at the map itself. And there's a lot of cool things about the D6 just based on its geographic location in, in relation to the mountain, in the to the volcano, that you could think of a hundred reasons why they celebrate with these big structures and big unifying linking things that are different than just sending a lantern up and hoping it links up with the, you know, as as the embers and the ruins of the spire tend to, it's all we're doing right now is developing these cool traditions based on preference and geological location. And I'm, God, I love this fucking show. <laughs> this is great. This rules. Um, Jacqueline, is there one of the is there one of the remaining die that you are looking at that you've got uh, thoughts on? The D four really calls to me. Oh, All right. The D four prompt is. The lamps at this location are lit differently each time. Why and how does that shape the festival's events? So what I'm thinking of with the D4 here is that it's the closest to, it's not the closest, it's it's the closest on the top side to the river. And it is the closest to like the other, um, like the other side sort of areas. Uh, and the, the idea here that I like with, um, with sort of them being lit differently every time is uh, what we've had with a lot of the festival so far is this idea of like communication, communication. It's all about these different forms of it. Right. Uh, and, uh, and connection. And I, you know, that's, that's wonderful and beautiful, but I also think that like on being, being so close and, uh, sort of provides some people with like the idea that, Hey, uh, what if we try to defy that communication or like not as like a malicious thing, but just like as like an artistic thing, almost like trying to like lighting the lamps differently uh, as a form of like artistic anti-communication. Mm. Ooh, please go on. That is very exciting. I, I'm just imagining people like, OK, what what really confusing patterns can we create this year? Like what? How can we light these? How can we light these in different bursts in different uh, in different patterns so that so that people can't draw meaning from them? And it's it's almost I a like game. That. Like, so I like ooh. that. Yeah, it's it, a it's the it's um, and it ties into the festival because it is this like it's a it's a it's kind of a parade activity, right? It is the we have the we have the connective parts of this and this is almost the vibe I get is almost like costume ball, right? Like it's, this is the story. This is us doing this communicate. And this is a, like you said, this is us doing this being like, what cool patterns or artistic things can we do with this? That I think is this really, really, really like fun way that this changes. And what I especially like is the idea of, you said it's almost to like, it, it, it's 
it's like and you said anti-communication i think yeah like so what i like is because it varies from person to person sometimes there might be like a message in it but sometimes it just means nothing and it's to fuck with people a little bit and maybe lead them toward a red herring is that what we're getting at here like where it's just a form of like how modern art sometimes it's like okay this comb mean meant this to this artist and blah blah sometimes it really was just a troll and it was like no it was a banana tape to a wall fuck you like is that what we're getting at here I was uh, actually thinking, and, and Jacqueline, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I was actually thinking the interpretation is more like fun for fun's sake. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a little bit of, I, I, I think it, to do a Jeff Stormer, uh, I, I, I think it's both, right? Uh, I, I am delighted. You did it. You did the well, thing. I, I think people are people are having fun. It's not like being uh, like it's not really like a trolling thing. It's not really like we're trying to mess up anyone's day, but they are having fun, uh, delighting in sort of the loss of communication at the same time. Like everyone is able to connect on this day. Uh, but what about like adding a little bit of like fun static? It's very punk, right? Like I was, that was the, exactly the, what I was thinking too. I love that. <laughs> like don't overthink the, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The existence of that makes the other information potentially more meaningful, right? Yeah, oh, I like yes. that. I, love, I adore that. That's 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 amazing. Right, like it's it's the same thing with like the the spire itself, the like or the uh, the sort of obelisk mirror. Uh, the mirror wouldn't be as meaningful without the failures that uh, it reflects. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love. Uh... Kind of the lighthearted, and and it says a lot about uh, uh, let me see, what is it? It says a lot about like the culture of the D four. You know what I mean? Like as a community, if there's a soup, like a group of people where the predominant way of expressing yourself is kind of like fuck it, or like sometimes it's it's just fun for fun's sake. Like it is, it is, it is. Mm -hmm. I like that. I love that a lot. I want to live at D (laughs) four. Now there's two dice, two dice, two dice left, and we're going to discuss one as a group, and then I'm going to dis- I'm going to I'm going to jump in on one. Uh, do I want one that's uh, a space that symbolizes birth, or do I want a space that is still mysterious? Mm. I'm trying to decide if I've got like a really strong pitch for either. Can I throw I, some themes at you just for thought's just sake? Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, throw flames some, throw some... of rebirth. We have a lot of fire going on creation forging and then the other one was what forging forging it, it no okay now i've got it forging okay. is 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 kind of and this is interesting because like this tells this is going to tell us about this location but also another location i'm going to okay. write down uh i'm going to write down the what like do i want one to... tiny birth pitch which i'm just going to pitch here fucking uh, please which is i uh, um you know different cultures and societies and different thing um have different ideas for like when you name children and like mm-hmm. what those names mean and and everything um and i kind of like this idea of anyone who's been born since the last festival you give them like a name of somebody who you like see in the mirror like oh, that time like, like you're, you're you're pulling somebody's name somebody's like idea in it that could be somebody who's you're still alive or somebody who's like passed and there's this like kind of connection of of moving these these kind of lives around or it could be like a direct hey 
instead of being named after, you know, your your aunt, it's you're named after somebody who 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 lives, who's who's really there, but not here, and that they really I, matter, and that we have this connection. I like that a lot, and I'm going to I I've named this place the Smithy, and I think that I'm gonna uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna double double layer this because I like when things have multiple purposes. I love that this is a this is a place because I think that this is also. Um, and this says interesting things about the Wreath of Lights, which I need to say explicitly that that was written down as the name of our population center, and it is everything that I love, and I needed to call that out. Um, but the Smithy, as a place, I think that it is culturally significant on this side of the river, on the north side, because I almost visioned, uh, Aaron mentioned forging, and I like that idea that, like, this is where a lot of the lanterns get made, right? Like maybe it is, maybe yeah. it is, yes. if it is sort of, cause it is sort of parallel to where the embers are on the South side. Mm-hmm. So maybe like you can access some of the flames and like, this is a place where you go. And so it ties into that sense of like, this is where we go to name someone when they are born, because we can look into the fires and we can maybe tying into the anachronistic <gasps> nature of the mirror. Maybe it is, maybe there are instances where if you look at the fire, you look at the fire through the mirror, you don't just see what is, but you see what could be. And so you see this and you're like, okay, if you are going to be a person, here is someone who lives that has walked a similar path that inspires me, who I think is worthy of carrying on this legacy. And so it becomes Aww. this sense of, of you know this these ways of these things magically touching that ties into why we name people the way that we do that also ties into how we build these lanterns that are our ways of communicating ourselves i love that that was a lot of words that's amazing though (laughs) it's really good i like that it is also our our location closest to the mirror because if you think about that your reflections and stuff might appear even brighter because of that yeah. proximity. And so it it strikes me as a place that could be like a destination for people um throughout the city and throughout these settlements that they might come here to launch their lanterns and to like commune with the mirror. That's beautiful. That rips. And so um to the table I throw this. What's mysterious what's a what's a mysterious something. thing? Oh please. Good. I'm I glad. got something. Please. Okay, this this like you started talking about the Smithy and I was like, okay, I need to listen, but I have an idea. Um <laughs> I think that sometimes during the festival, things that passed into the river of unmaking reappear here. Ooh. Oh. <gasps> like they wash and- up like a like like a like on a beach type thing? Like or they- w- Whatever this location is, like physically, or, or I mean, a beach is totally fine. But but just like if it went into the river of unmaking at any point in the past, there is a chance that it's going to show up here during the festival. Oh God, that slaps! I'm writing down the coast of return. Oh, ah! that's so good. Fuck! Oh my god! Oh my god! I love it so much. Um, yeah. So when hmm. So Can that you imagine a, the sort of thing that happens to you to make you take a pilgrimage to the coast of return with hope in your heart? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's oh. exactly where I was going, Juliet. You got it immediately. Oh my God. It also has a lot of implications for just the general mythology and the culture around what the river is. If there is a chance that something can come back, it would be possibly like this idea of the idea of things things might be returned to you if... I don't know, certain set of qualific certain set of uh, requirements are met or, you know, if do you know what I'm trying to say here? 
where it's like, yes, well, they're, like, they're, like there are rituals that you can perform or things that you can do that will bring things back to you at the that, post yes, of return, that right? Might. And like, because you said with hope in your heart, and it made me think that like, there is a possibility that it might come out of the river of unmaking, but that possibility is very, we know that as the narrators, the possibility is very low. And the idea of making that trip, I don't know. Is it something that isn't, it's not that it's frowned upon, but do people know that it's like, now, you know that you're probably going to be disappointed going to the river. To, I know. think that it's like a, it, it's, it's viewed as like a desperate action because yes. it is, right? Yes, and, completely. And that I also think that there's probably skeptics, right? Like, is what comes back to you there what actually oh went into the river? Oh my God, you have kicked this up into fucking <laughs> overdrive because that's so eerie and i and i feel like that's that skepticism is made by like the idea that it's a smithy and it's where things are like forged and reforged and recreated where it's like is this the same is this the same person or object Mm -hmm. that was that went into the the possibly the term is like into the fire that when it's put into the crucible of the river of unmaking is this, is it's kind of like the, what's the the ship of Theseus? The ship of Theseus, yeah. Where is it's this, like, is, is it this, the if, same thing that came out after it went through this transformation of going of being unmade, and it somehow through the process of the smithy and the magic of the smithy forged again? Is it the same thing? And that is a very stressful and like I would kind of not. I personally would be like, I can never go there. I don't want to know the answer personally because it, it's scary it's preferable right y- yes <laughs> it's terrifying to think about that's that that rules that's and, fucking horrifying that's and, why i'm here is to just bring a little bit of horror give that's it all. I, I have a closing note for us and then we will then we can wrap things up i would like to propose something i'm gonna write it here can i propose that the name of our community is mirrored ember Ooh! i love that i fuck yes. with it i love it that is the name. And so this is, this is that, that we've now outlined all of our, our pieces. We have mapped out our festival. We have mapped out our community. We have built the city of mirrored ember floating in the sky on the sister moon of the duelist moon. And that is a, a wrap. That is a, a wrap on our, our special to actual play. And I, uh, thank you all for joining us. My God, that banged really hard. Yeah. We, we nailed it. We hit that out of the park. We crushed that. Mm-hmm. Thank so, you guys for having us. It was a lot of fun. Oh, oh my goodness. It was our pleasure. It's, it's, it's so cool. This is like what, what, I, what I said at the beginning of the episode was so true where I'm like, I'm so excited to get what all of you love the most really shined through in what you brought, like in your, in your individual contributions that all meshed with everybody's to make this truly so cool, unique community that now has your own stamp of each one of you in it. And then I can't wait to bring it back and circle it back and find out how it fits into the greater narrative of the world. Uh, I'm just very appreciative that you all were open and trusting with our weird show enough to bring so much of honestly yourselves and just as a matter of like the things you like and your genres and your preferences of tropes and fun narratives to the show. And I really, I really appreciate that level of candor and vulnerability. Likewise. So, um, I guess before we do all of our normal outro stuff, why don't we run down the line and have everybody talk about where they can find, where people can find you and your work online? We'll, we'll reverse the initial order. So Juliet, why don't you go first? 
Uh, sure. You can find a lot of the pretty good writing, I think, that I do at Folly on Cohost. It's a pretty cool social media site. Uh, and you can find the YouTube videos I do at Mousewife Games on YouTube and my tabletop stuff at Mousewife Games on itch.io. And Jacqueline. You can find me on Unwise Girls on Moonshot, talking about uh, the Rick Riordan's various mythology series, including Percy Jackson. You can also find me on the podcast That Teen House Party, talking about Scream MTV, uh, uh, the Fear Street series, and all all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, you can find me at Swampert on Tumblr. And Audrey. I am Lady Tabletop on all the social media that I'm still on, which is Tumblr, Coffee, Itch.io. That's pretty much it where I'm at. Um, You can also find works that I've published through my small press at HopePunkPress.com, or you can listen to me on Alone at the Table on the Moonshot Network. And Aaron, what is what else do we how how do we like end an episode after we've wrapped the thing? Um, so if you'd like to submit a prompt for use in our show, usually we take a listener submit a prompt and use it to create an original fantasy concept. If you'd like to submit a prompt to our show that you can use to help build our world like we did today, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. And Jeff knows them better than me. Uh, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post your comment on your content on Tumblr uh, using the hashtag AMFC pod. I have that subscribed, so I will see it. It's true. Um, you can also send us an ask at all my fantasy children at tumblr.com and we will collect things that way. You can email us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. You can Post them on Facebook.com if you're really if if you if you are <laughs> twisted uh, at Facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. Or you can go to bit.ly slash AMFC Discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Um wow. Uh all my fantasy children is proud to be a part of the Moonshot Podcast. God damn right we are. <laughs> wow. Uh it's it's a great new home for us. I'm so excited to keep collaborating and working with really amazing, talented creators to make tabletop podcasting and all other adjacent nerdy spaces a cool inclusive positive and happy place to to share creativity it's cool to be in good company it damn right it is um aaron do you have a verbal hug for us this week Oof, boy um geez let me think for a second I can I can throw one out. Yeah, you, you want to we... start us off? I'll start us off. Um, everybody, these are just quick little 60-second affirmations, a thing that you needed to hear, a, a piece of advice for people listening at home. And the thing that I'm going to say is, like, change is scary. Uh, change is difficult. Change is often painful. But, like, change is also sometimes the thing that will free you and free your heart and, like, open up possibilities that you never thought possible before. And, like... There is a beauty that comes from accepting that and like allowing yourself to accept change when change happens. And there will be times where the scariest thing that you can do is say this, it is time for this change to happen. And there is there it is that is one of the like scariest and most emotional things that you can do sometimes. But. If you are like, but like if in a moment where you know that it is the thing that needs to happen on the other side of that change is going to be a sense of relief and excitement and 
joy that is going to mean more to you than you can pro- like possibly put into words. That's a good one. Um, mine is uh, the, the fear of failure is most often worse than the failure itself. Um, as someone who foregone went, I mean, someone who kind of gave up the possibility of ever being kind of financially secure based on my career path of acting, um, it's, it's scary. And there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stress and a lot of stuff. But I am someone who is a firm believer of like, you know, if you can, if you want to go after things with full ferocity to the best of your emotional and physical availability. Um, and because it's, it's, you only get to go around this once. So even pursuing things that are small goals, like starting a garden or learning to bake bread or, you know, being in an anime or video game, it, it doesn't matter what the goal is. What matters is that you pursue it with a ferocity and passion that is comfortable to you and fits your needs and level of comfort so that you can also maintain a healthy balance of happiness and living a full, fulfilling life outside of what we're going to call creative, passionate work. Um, And part of that that I want to instill is developing uh, uh, healthy relationships with role models, whether it's not personal, but just having a strong role model that you see as a human being. The best reference that I love to make in my own head is when Homer Simpson has the Thomas Edison chart, and he idolizes Thomas Edison about how the inventions, and he'll never catch up to Thomas Edison, but he idolizes him. Then you get to find out that Thomas Edison was following Da Vinci and worshiping him and putting him on a pedestal. So my advice is to kind of do the opposite and See your role models as people, that they are flawed, chasing after their goals in the same way that you are. Learn from their successes and their failures so that you can develop a strong path that fits your needs comfortably. And uh, don't give up on things, because you never know, your fate can change on a dime with the flick of an ember and the lighting of a torch and the lighting of a lantern. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anybody got anything that'd like to go next? No pressure. Yeah, I can go. Uh, so just, just, you said verbal hugs are just something that, like, we need to hear this week. Yeah, right? anything, yeah, yeah. honestly. Cool. Um, so something that I have been thinking about lately is grief, and it can mm. be really uncomfortable to sit with, and it can be even more uncomfortable to sit with someone else's grief, but I think that it's important to do that, and it's important to recognize it for what it is, and that grief isn't just about you know, loss of a loved one, it can be the end of a relationship, it can be the end of a job, an outcome that you are hoping for something else. But the the point is, is that grief, like so many other things in life is temporary, and that we grow around our grief, and that tomorrow is going to be a little easier, like every tomorrow is going to be a little bit easier. And you're doing your best, you're doing everything that you can. And sometimes everything that you can do is just getting through the day. And that's okay. And try not to be too hard on yourself about it. Ooh, that was I, very good. I needed to hear that. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I think I've got one kind of building off of the, the end of that there. I, although in a different direction, don't be afraid to love yourself the way you love other people. Don't be afraid to fall in love with yourself. Don't be afraid to be in love with yourself, to to spoil yourself, to to treat yourself with the joy and and dedication and 
you know, work and play that you would pour into a new love with someone else because you are also there with you. <laughs> you are a part of every relationship you are in. You are a part of every environment you are in. You are with you everywhere you go and you are really important. <laughs> and if you can follow through on that love for yourself, it turns out sometimes it makes it easier to follow through on sharing that love with everyone around you. That was really nice. Damn. Oh, that was very nice. <laughs> I needed that one. <laughs> As the Naked ladies would say, they say you'll never love another till you love yourself, little brother. I'm in love with everyone I see. <laughs> I I feel called. I the level of called out that I am at this moment is is I feel called out at this moment. Is Juliet? Uh, uh, don't let me forget this. And you guys can cut this from this show, but we got to tell Riley that a podcast mind's idea is just a slam poetry recitation of bare naked ladies' lyrics. <laughs> Also, nothing we can cut. Uh, Jacqueline, if you want to name the cool punk D four place, oh yes, uh, yes, I think that would Thank be you. a great, great thing to add to the to them. Yes, oh, yes, I shall. Um, Jacqueline, does anybody, Jacqueline, do you have any thoughts on a name? Sure, um, if I can throw something out, uh, the uh, the shake up, the shake up, the shake up, <laughs> oh, the shake up rules, the shake up rules. Uh, I, life is a constant series of changes and failures, uh, and it's it's good that that's true because that's uh, it's it's how people exist in life, and it's it's how and a failure is also just a learning thing, and I think it's it, the moment that you think okay I got it all figured out I know I know who I am I know what everything means that's when you got to get silly with it. Uh, you, that's, that's the moment that you have to think, okay, what's, what's, what's something that I'm not getting silly with right now? Uh, you know, invent, invent something strange to believe in, uh, or, you know, think of weird ideas or just mess with your appearance in a, in a way that you might find interesting. You just do, do, do a little bit of weird stuff. Damn. Like, again, a thing that I desperately needed <laughs> to hear. <laughs> Um, and so I think, Aaron, unless I'm mistaken, I believe that is all we do here. That is all we do on this podcast. I want to thank all of our guests because that was, it was, ah, that, that, that truly will, that captured will... what the show is about, where it's just like hanging out and throw, that was pure con hotel lobby energy at 2 a.m. And was, I really appreciate con, it. Pig con lobby energy. And so if that is all we do here, then until next time, good, good night, night and, and good game. game. Good game. Responsibility to Dragon, just as I have to Moon Crescent. Still, I long to be again in your arms, feeling the comforting cold of your scales, hearing the soft snoring that never fails to put me to sleep. I miss you, my love. In fact, that is exactly why I wrote to you today. My love, I had a most unexpected, profound interaction, and have been presented with an opportunity. Honestly, I don't even know how to describe it. My love, 
We stand at the precipice of a new journey. I have been contacted by, if you can believe it, the denizens of another far-off moon, the emissary of a city called Mirrored Ember. It seems, through the magic of the quill pen, my messages to Moon Crescent have been, well, shot to the moon. They have extended an invitation for us to a special event, a lamplighter's festival to be held in a few days' time. It seems all we need to do is walk into a beam of light descending down from the duelist moon in the city of Iron Hill. <laughs> and so, Lumina, my love, I ask you, will you embark with me to the moon? Swiftwind, my friend, by the mirror's royal reflection, we are truly so glad that you were able to join us. But truly, if you enjoyed the festival, you should see the moon carnival some friends of ours are throwing down the way.